Hey, boys and girls, and welcome to this today's episode of Pre-Game. Game, 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 game. Where we discuss movies before they're out. Except for the exception today. <laughs> that was a little late. <laughs> We're a little late with the last one, too. I'm Screwhead. <laughs> this is Airhead. And I like to get head. <laughs> yes, I was waiting for that. Yes, I was waiting the whole time for that. I'm Shane. <laughs> Today we're discussing Men in Black International. Looks campy. Uh, Do you think so? I'm actually excited for it. Just you know, and like I know a lot of people are bad because they're like, Will Smith's not coming back. I thought Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh my God! Don't do it. I'm not, I'm not mad about that. It just looks. I'm like, look, it's Valkyrie and Thor. Yeah, well, that's what's great about it. Right. We already know their chemistry. Right. It should be called the Sci Fi Adventures of Valkyrie and Thor. <laughs> <laughs> it's, really, it's, really just, it's really just what it should be called. But then they could just kick the aliens' asses. You know, really, what it is? It, it is. it really is Valkyrie and Thor. They're just undercover. Right, right. Exactly. Deep, deep undercover. Deep, deep undercover. Deep we know, we know what you guys are doing there. Only alien bubble. We see you. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think that as far as, like, one of these, I don't know, kind of like, this This reminds me of, like, the Bourne series. Like, yeah. we, had the, we had the three Bourne movies, and then all and of a sudden, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner jump in yeah. as, oh, he was in the same Aaron project Cross. as Jason Bourne, so we're going to tell you his story. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is kind of what that reminds me of. It is, because it's in London. So. But yeah. I feel like it's uh, it's going to be a lot a lot more well done. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, Chris Hemsworth is a great actor, so is Tessa Thompson. And that's, she, that's the point. He's funny. He's funny, yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, why is he make, why do they, does he play all these hunks? Like, he played a hunk in uh, Ghostbusters. I'm like, because that's what makes yeah, him. Yeah, but the thing is, is he played, he played the comic relief in Ghostbusters, yeah, too. And that's like, what made it great. Oh, yeah. That, see, a lot of people give that movie flack, dude. He was the best thing to happen. Oh, yeah. Film. He was great in that, dude. Like, it was Just, awesome. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think that he was gonna, uh, he's gonna be the like the super funny catalyst. And we get Liam Neeson. Yeah, I mean, come true. on, you can't beat that. I mean, he's <laughs> he was Zeus. Yeah, he's also you know he's got the mighty cricket as we, as as Hollywood likes to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, no, I think it's gonna be a great. Oh, we can't help but wonder how big is Liam Neeson's cat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna. I'm I'm excited for it. I I'm gonna go see it. I want to because I liked all the other Men in Black, and essentially they asked him, and Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones said, "No, dude, we're done. We we, we did our we did our three. <clears throat> yeah, you know? Will Smith's like, I got better things to do, like starting some weird ass sci fi movie with my son about fucking Earth, like thousands of years after." <laughs> Oblivion or whatever. I don't no, know. That was, no, that way that was Tom Cruise. Never mind. After yeah. Earth, I think is what it was called. Yeah, or something, something like, like that. that. I don't know, but it was fucking great at garbage. I so, never even seen it because I was like, <clears throat> this one looks. This movie. I still haven't good. seen um, what is it? Uh, Bright Glow or whatever. The, or Bright. Bright. Is it just Bright? Bright. Yeah. yeah. There's a sequel coming. Too, really? So, really? Yeah. Yep. Was it was was it good? Oh yeah, yeah. it was great. I, it was fantastic. It looked really excellent. So no, I I definitely want to watch that, and I have Netflix. So I actually am able to see that shit now. But yeah, but yeah. no, I, like, <clears throat> biggest thing I'm wondering about this is if, like, this international Men in Black in London was already there, or if they're going to touch on that they established it while the other movies were taking place. I feel like it would be a station that already exists, 
like just because I believe the the head of the or the the. The HQ the lady is from and it, it is she, she reprised the role from three yeah, yeah that's what so I she is she is from three so I'm so maybe she sent was sent over there to establish it or something I don't know. maybe or maybe she's just she handles everything yeah you know what I mean yeah, that she could old. be she could be the Nick Fury Agent in this universe old, yeah. yeah you know what I mean yeah. I, I I think it'll be I think it'll be all right because it's one of those series where you can kind of like plug and play other actors in yeah. the series and it still works out um, because a lot of the humor is in the interaction between the aliens and the humans. It's not necessarily who's playing the aliens or who's playing the humans. Right. So, um, but it, I know it throws a lot of, anything like this throws people off when you, when you don't have the original people from the, from the mm. first couple movies and you're, they're like, ah, oh, this isn't going to be as good. It's not true. Sometimes it's better. Yeah, it doesn't no, happen it very could, often. It, it might be. And this movie might pose to be the next big thing, you know, it would be fun. Would, I don't know. I, I think Hemsworth alone is uh, is worth the watch because oh, he's yeah. one of the best actors of the new wave of actors. Yeah. You know what I mean? He really he really <clears throat> made his way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But, uh, no, they were, like I said, like I was talking with you earlier, they were originally was going to do this. This was going to be the uh, Men in Black Me uh, 21 Jump Street. Because they were going to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. It was going to be MIB 23 or something like that. So, like, well, like, like the the movie universe thing. Yeah, so, it was going to so be Jonah somehow and... Men in Black, the character from Men in Black, whether it would have been Will Smith and Tommy Lee <laughs> he Jones. He said, "This or, is Jay. This is K." Or whether the name is Jay. Or whether it would have been you know the new ones. They would have met up with Jonah Hill and uh, <laughs> Channing, Tatum. Channing Tatum. But yeah. <laughs> That would have been interesting, I think, because then they would have been like. <laughs> I'm sorry that I I don't even think I've seen all either of those films in in its entirety, and I just that's the only part that kills me. My name is Jeff. My name is Jeff. <laughs> My name is Jeff. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. It would have been interesting to see how they would have played it. Would have like would the crew from Twenty Three Jump Twenty Three Jump Street would have infiltrated a Men in Black? I, I don't know. I like when the. Uh, like when they connect universes sometimes. Yeah. I mean, it. well, they're both, I think, 23 Jump Street, or 21 Jump Street and 22 or whatever it was, I think those were in New York, weren't they? I I, I really don't know. Like I said, I don't I don't think I've ever they, seen one of those all the way through. Were. But if they were, I mean, <clears throat> they can connect there. And they're I, on watch, Earth. I watched 22 Jump Street specifically for the ending when they kept adding like 23, 24, 26 Jump Street. Those were actually sure. technically canon, they said. Yeah. They wanted to make an actual, they wanted to do like all of them, but... Oh, good God. Yeah. I'm glad they didn't. <laughs> that would have got ridiculous after, you know. I'm just happy the that one. the ants or whatever are in it, are in the new Men in Black. Mm-hmm. They're coming back. Oh, yeah. The the worm guys? They're the worm guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. Worm. Oh, yeah, those guys are the shit. Those, like I said, like it's not even about the, the humans at that point because a lot of the aliens that you know are going to be in it, and you're just like, I don't know. That might be the only one that you know specifically. I'm sure we'll see Frank. Frank oh, the Pug. Yeah. That'd be sure. that'd be cool to see Frank too, because all you need is all you need is 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 the voice. And really, you don't even have to have the no, same voice for Frank. Frank. There, there's voice. probably a million mimics that could mimic that, like you know, New York style accent for for Frank. From outer space. Hey, Frank, man. get your fuck out of this car. 
<laughs> fucking jiggling. Tell me, bro, what do you want? Like, that was, like, my favorite part of, was it number three, is it? Or is it number two? I think it's number two. What? When Frank's got the MIB suit on. Yeah, it's number two. Yeah, and him and Wilson, he's in the car and shit. Like, that's... Frank, get your head in this car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Then he starts rolling up. Oh, okay. Like, did you guys ever watch the, the MIB cartoon? Yeah, yeah. I say not many people had it. It oh, was yeah. a very. It reminded the animation watched, reminded me of Eon Flux. Honestly, I watched the animated series along with the really bad Godzilla animated series that went with it. Oh, oh God! Well, there's so many. The Matthew the, Barber yeah, Godzilla. Oh, that one. That one. <laughs> we don't talk about that because no. Uh, that's like. That's like. It's uh, an asexual radioactive iguana. That's somewhere in there with like Dragon Ball Evolution and, and Brian Reynolds Green Lantern. Like blit. now the new Godzilla. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty. It's really it's fucking great. Great. opening day. It's good. Awesome. It is awesome. fantastic. I can't wait because they focus more on. I'm very interested in seeing how that how that ends up turning out and how they connect it to Kong in the end. Yeah. And then um, I'm very excited to see uh, Fox uh, uh, stop making X Men films. So <laughs> I want to see hear, what happens with that. Speaking of that, did you hear off how but that movie bombed? I'm sure it did. Only thirty three million opening weekend. Wow. Yeah. I'm so, sure they spent like 150 to 200 million. And I guess it. It, the article I was reading is they just they just lack to tell the X Men true bit of X Men story. That's honestly what they did. It's they kind just, of where Fox is. take the wheel. It's kind of where Fox has lacked <laughs> the only true X Men story that they've ever gotten not not correct but gotten to be entertaining is the Deadpool storyline. And that's why Marvel's like, yeah, we're gonna keep that. Everything else, we're just gonna. Right. We're just gonna but in Men in Black International, I like that Tessa Thompson's character actually discovers it on her own. Right. She, she's but, literally, yeah. in, the, in the previews, you see that. She's like, yeah, I found this place, right. so make me an agent. Right. I found you. Yeah. Like, I know you exist. Like, don't fuck with me. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. And that kind of puts a spin on shit. Because, I mean, I don't know. Will, Will Smith kind of did that, but didn't quite. They kind of, yeah. He was like, if you can. Like, Tessa, find... Tessa was more of a boss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, walked in, like, what's up, bitch? I want my suit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for my suit. <laughs> yeah, no, like, the previews I've been seeing, it was great, because, like, especially when she went to sit in the car, she's like, I'm driving, and she gets in on the wrong end, and he's like, yeah, we're on this side. We're <laughs> on this side, and she's like, oh, yeah, you, you drive. All right. Because he gets in the right side and right. everything. But, no, yeah, it's, I'm okay with spinoffs, to an extent. No. In uh, in most of the MIBs, you notice there's always like a, a cameo of some sort, mm-hmm. an, obs- an obscure one, like like with Michael Jackson. I could be HM, you know what I mean? <laughs> like like that. Like who would you guys like to see in in this film? Like like as a, as an international MIB agent, you know what I mean? Think of think of some you know think of some like non-Americans that you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like non-American That's actors. Yeah, like like that are well known, you know what I mean, or or would be an obscure choice for for them to come in and be like Queen hey, Elizabeth. Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I think they mentioned in one of the films that she's an alien. Yeah, it's, they do. I think they, they do. It was like one. But of still, two. that I still I that think would they'd be great. I think that would be awesome. That's a meet soon. The head opens up and fucking Frank's right there. You know would be cool. I've been here the whole time. You know who would be, <laughs> you know be a great guy too? Would be um. The fuck's his name? I can I've drawn him like this. The, you know the singer, I have the no one idea Rocket Man. Oh, Terry Edgerton? No. Or, or, or Elton John himself? Yeah, himself. Elton John himself. Oh, well, what? Sir Elton John. Sir Elton good. John, dude. Come on, like, yeah. That'd be random again. I was Larry thinking. Larry the Cable Guy. 
I, the, I, I was thinking Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. There you go. I think yeah. that'd be kind of fun. That would be fun. It would be you interesting know, to see the Just to see them back together Billy again, Bull. too. You know what I mean? Billy Bull. <laughs> Yeah, Fox <laughs> Freddy. We're talking about like I know, but still. Vladimir Putin, but that one's better. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> like you've seen. <laughs> That'd be funny. I mean, he does know martial arts, so why not, right? That right. motherfucker knows Brazilian jiu-jitsu. He knows kung fu. <laughs> he knows kung fu. Let's play. Let's. And a very sad one, just randomly cracking up and fucking. Aww. His song. Right. Like oh look, he's he. No wonder he can play with all the animals. <laughs> he's an alien. I do like Elton John. That would be pretty good. Yeah, I could see uh, Elton John doing something, you know. Or the Spice Girls. That'd be yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> Have all the room for the Spice Girls. That'd be great. That would be great. Like, it'd be, like, 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 the, like at the end. You like can be they my get, lover. Like they're getting they're trapped or something like that, and the whole team's got, got freaking Hemsworth and Tessa, and then all of a sudden the Spice Girls come in and just murk house. And they're like, what? Do, how did you guys like know to... Help us out, and they take off their heads, and it's They're all like, worms. What's up? <laughs> Dude, that would be so amazing. I just uh, hope too, like that. I know they're not in it, but even a mention to uh, with Will Smith and oh, I'm AJ, sure. My, like mention that hey, you know, we had some guys overseas in America, and mm-hmm. they knew their shit. Or the worms, because the worms are, or worms are in it, so they'll know them. They'll be like, yeah, oh, that probably, that, uh, that's the direct link to them, so I'm sure they'll tell a story of yeah, J or K. Like J and, you know, probably, probably of K, because, I mean, K is the is the legend. Because Jay's technically still in it, because when we left the movie, Jay was, I don't think he retired, so he's technically right. still an agent. Right. Yeah, though. K's a legend, like you said. Yeah, I, I have a feeling that they would probably reminisce about a K story or something like that. That's how they're going to tie it into the mm-hmm. original films. I don't think they're going to show anything, but they no, might, they probably they won't might. show anybody. But just so, you know, they'll, I'm sure they'll mention it. Or... I don't know it'd be cool because I mean, obviously, since you said they're not going to be coming back, yeah, that that no this would happen. But it'd be cool at the end of this <clears throat> film if it's like, hey, we got another case, but we're, you know, it's, it's but too, you never too big know. for just our department. And then you see Jay and Kate come up, like, what's up? You know what I mean? You never know, because something like that, that, you know, it's a cameo. They're not in the movie, so they might just be like, yeah, we'll come back for a quick, yeah. hey. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll come to a set for a day for fucking $7 million. Yeah, no, why, why not? not, you know? <laughs> why the fuck not? Yeah, you get to say three lines? Shit. Fuck it. Run right. it. Run it. Exactly. So no, I... I don't know. I think Will Smith's just got a lot going on right now. He does. He has a lot on his plate. You know, he's doing a lot of shit, so. He always is. Oh, yeah. He's always a busy man. Tommy, no, I, Tommy Lee Jones is just off in the corner like, this is my happy face. I just look at it with people that are getting mad about it. Just sit back and enjoy it, man. Yeah. You know, you never know. You may, you may go to this movie with uh, with underwhelming you know, un- expectations and be like, oh, wow. Or it's. Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and should never been made. Yeah, exactly. We don't know. You know we don't know. Maybe. <laughs> That's a topic for another day. Right. But this is, I think this is what they're doing with this is because they said that they're fighting a threat that's like beyond bigger than they've ever right. done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Fucking it could happen. It's oh a floating God. rock in the sky. Oh, oh shit, it's Fox Galactus. So it's the third rock in the sun? <laughs> but, yep. Yep. But that thing they're gonna do what they're trying to do with uh, Ghostbusters is, and that's the reason why they did the all female cast is they want to bring in Asian Ghostbusters, all kinds of different Ghostbusters, and they want to do all big group at the very last. Movie. Why did you bring up Asians first? So like a coalition, like yeah. Like and then they're gonna fight like the biggest monster, the biggest ghost of all, at the end of the very final what the film. Fuck is bigger than the Marshmallow Man. 
You'd be surprised. There's a lot of people bigger than a fucking marshmallow man. But yeah. So we will see. Are you talking to your hoes again? Yeah, I got one. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa! This is a children's show. You got the whole line. You got the mo line. Watch your fucking mouth. This is a child show. Wow. Wow. Fucking what? wow. Fucking wow. <laughs> Jesus. Be I know. Wow. Why is everyone goddamn fucking swearing on here? Wow. wow. Bleeding cool. But yeah, so I'm wondering if that's what they're going to do with it. Is like they're going to have different stations with different movies and they're all just going to come together at, at the last. That'd be kind of cool. The final movie and fight something. Kind of start a universe, if you will. Yeah. It'd be so, interesting. I'm, I mean,. I just curious on who else they'll get. Like maybe there's other people in this movie that we'll never know because like Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yes. Neeson. Neeson. I don't know what he is. He's some agent. But who cares, right? It's Liam Neeson. Right. Who fucking cares? It's Liam Neeson. I don't watch any movie with Liam Neeson. He was Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. He was Zeus. He was Brian Mills. He was also Aslan the Lion from fucking... Yeah, he was Aslan the Lion. Why the fuck would you take his daughter? He was Jesus, <laughs> Zeus, and a Jedi. Why the fuck would you take his daughter? Hmm? Take it again. <laughs> yeah. Take, take it again. 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 Take it the final time. <laughs> I was honestly waiting for them to come on the movie that. Like, after Taken 3, take it the final time. And I'm like, are you, I was like, are you fucking serious, dude? No. No more. Stop taking. Stop taking my daughter. <laughs> you killed my wife. Yeah, what if they connected that universe and it was like, like somebody took my dog and John Wick shows up and he's like, I, I feel your pain. <laughs> <laughs> and he like helps him like hunt down the people and it's John Wick and Liam Neeson just fucking wrecking house. What if like, that would be funny, what if they did do like a little video like of showing John Wick inside the fucking like thing shooting everybody they're like, so we've got this guy who we could recruit possibly, I mean he would be awesome. <laughs> right. I'd be like, well that just fucking connected. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. They usually have a lot of surprises. No, Will Smith. No, we'll see. I hope Michael Jackson returns as Agent M. Yeah, totally. I can see that happening. Somehow. <laughs> they have digital effects. He's looking at you over here like, what the fuck, bro? He's dead. Is he alive? Did he no, make this, it's just going to be a hologram. Yeah. Do, 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 do. They already did it. They're going to do a hologram with Stan Lee. <laughs> that would actually be cool. I would not I would not mind that. be fun. Excelsior. Excelsior. Watch him. You know what Stan Lee would be? He'd be like the ones that they would do the morning meeting. It'd be a hologram, and then after you get started, you'd be like, Excelsior! Go to work. Right. <laughs> get your ass to work. Get your ass to work. Spider fans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. We'll see. Indeed. Is there anything else we want to talk about for the MIB International before we kick in the interviews? I think that's... Yeah, no more speculation. Why are you looking at me? Speculator. I hope I hope it I hope it's just an, the whole earth is overrun with Balchinians. That would be great. That's some Balchinians, dude. Balchinians. He's a Balchinian. Oh, mm-hmm. he's a scrotal throat. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fucking outtakes. See, that's that. another thing I liked about Men in Black is they came up with so many unique, different aliens. Yeah, like Balchinian, like really, dude, that's <laughs> that fucking was, awesome. Right? I mean, come on. That was one of the funniest. That's probably the, the funniest <laughs> alien they made. In my he's opinion. a Balchinian. What? Oh. 
uppercuts him in the neck. It's so <laughs> yeah. fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what's great, and they they can adapt more. And right, they, they will seem newer. We're gonna see. We're gonna see a. Uh, we're gonna see an alien with a vagina on its <clears throat> back. That's what we're gonna see next. <laughs> Oh god! They're gonna yeah. plunge. <laughs> this reminds me of a Daniel Tosh joke. Got a vagina in my armpit. Stop it, Kobe. That's uh, I got a vagina in my armpit. This is my alien. This is where I pay from. This is where the uh, this is where the you magic see him in the bathroom. Right, two different two different urinals on each side. Uh, just, just flexing the arms like flex metallo and shit like that. Just fucking. Piss coming out of the fucking armpits. Wow, that just that just that just went somewhere. I I just <clears> sorry <throat> for that little seated tangent. As, as <laughs> Kevin Smith says, life far. is made of choices, and we just we, we just some interesting we, yeah, ones. Yeah, we just crossed the line. <laughs> oh, I'm a habitual line stepper. It's not a problem. It's okay. <laughs> line all the time. Habitual line stepper. You just live on the other side of the line. Living on the edge, you can't get yourself from falling. See what you started? Man. I always. I'm singing old old grandma music. Old grandma music. Isn't that what Steven Tyler is? An old grandma now? Yeah. I mean, basically. I just shot smack into both of my eyeballs. Whoa! Steven Tyler PJs. Steven <laughs> Tyler PJs. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's time to get into some interviews. Um, we're gonna start with Kumail Nanjiani. Uh, also known as Pawnee in this film. Uh, Kumail is a fucking excellent, excellent comedian. I don't know if you guys have ever heard his stand-up at all. Think, wait. He, 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 did, he, did, uh, he did a show with um, Jonah Ray for Comedy Central a while back. I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, but it was like a, it's like a, it was like a, a midnight show or 1 a.m. show that they did back in the day. But it was well done. And Kumail, he's he's seriously one of the, like he's, I think he's the funnier of the two, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. He he's excellent, and um, we also have Larry and Laurent Burgess, who plays Le Twins. Le Twins. <laughs> Le twins. So uh, obviously they are two twins, um, twin brothers. Who, oh, uh, I, I, I would twins. assume it's, it's Les Twins, I don't know, unless they're the Les Twins. Les Twins. I mean, maybe that's their na- last name, the I Les. Don't know. You know, like Tickle and Dickle Les. I don't know. Fucking Tweedledee, Tweedledumless. Anyways. Um, on to some uh, Kumail and, and uh, Tickle and Dickle. I was very excited that it was Men in Black. Are you kidding? I mean, I love the franchise. And I love Chris and Tessa. And I knew that they were um, going to be the, you know, Men in Black. And so, no, I was nothing but excited. So Pawnee's a little alien character who was a pawn. Um, he has spent his whole life on a chessboard serving his queen. And I think I can say this in the beginning of the film. Well, not in the beginning, but when they meet me, my queen has just been murdered by the baddies. And so I pledge loyalty to M, Tessa Thompson's character, and then she sort of becomes my queen. And uh, for the first time in his life, he lets he gets to leave the chessboard and experience the actual world. So uh, that's kind of what Pawnee is. He's just this very excited little creature just getting to experience the world for the first time. Well, they wanted me to, you know, and, and Chris and Tessa really encouraged it as well. And Gary said, you know, every, every take we're getting a performance or so try and do something different. So 
while understanding what the scene was about and I didn't want to throw Chris and Tessa off too much, I would I would try and vary it a little bit each take just to sort of see what would work and then they would react uh, in character. So that, that was really, really fun. It was a little oh. stressful because each time you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? I was there. Yeah, I was on set almost... Uh, I was there for every scene. There's one action scene that I wasn't there for. You had a stunt double. Yeah, I had a little stunt double. I have a yeah, I have a little chick that's my stunt double, and so she was there for that. Right. So you want to make it count? Um, no, I, I, you know, I was here. We shot it in London. I got to be in London for a few months, working with Chris and Tessa, just with with dots all over my face. I had a blast. Yeah, well, what I love about this this Man in Black is that it's not a reboot; it's a continuation, and it's a really sort of a new take on on the Men in Black that we know. You know, the the the, the cast is new, the setting is new, so that's what is exciting to me is that you you take the world of Men in Black and then you tell a completely different story with completely different characters in it. I mean, that's the thing. They're so talented. They're such great actors, but they're also really, really funny. It's just, um, it, it was very disappointing to me that I was not the funny one on set, that they were, that they were really, really, really funny. Um, but, but that's what was, you know, it was great because they're lovely people, but also amazing performance. And I, I was watching the performances each time and how, how it varied and the things that were consistent. I learned a lot. Oh, he was great. You know, he just sort of encouraged me to try, try different things. And the way he worked with Chris and Tessa was fascinating. He's, he's done such amazing work, so many great movies. And just seeing him sort of direct the different relationships between all the different people and just seeing inside his head how he very specifically saw certain, things, uh, certain scenes was, uh, was very beneficial to me. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time. I spent most of my shooting in London, as did they, and I really got to sort of fall in love with the city. I'd never spent this much time here before, and now I know all my restaurants and stuff. Well, Chris and Tessa are amazing in it, um, and it's a completely new dynamic. People have seen them together uh, in the in the Marvel movies, but this is a completely new dynamic, um, and it's just... <sighs> I haven't seen the movie yet, but I have read the script, obviously, and I think, you know, I, I hope they make more because there's a lot here. I was very excited that it was Men in Black. Are you kidding? I mean, I love the franchise, and I love Chris and Tessa, and I knew that they were um, going to be the, you know, Men in Black. And so, no, I was nothing but excited. So Pawnee's a little alien character who was a pawn. Um, he has spent his whole life on a chessboard serving his queen. And I think I can say this in the beginning of the film. Well, not in the beginning, but when they meet me, my queen has just been murdered by the baddies. And so I pledge loyalty to M, Tessa Thompson's character, and then she sort of becomes my queen. And uh, for the first time in his life, he lets he gets to leave the chessboard and experience the actual world. So uh, that's kind of what Pawnee is. He's just this very excited little creature just getting to experience the world for the first time.
Well, they wanted me to, you know, and, and Chris and Tessa really encouraged it as well. And Gary said, you know, every, every take we're getting your performance, so try and do something different. So while understanding what the scene was about and I didn't want to throw Chris and Tessa off too much, I would, I would try and vary it a little bit each take just to sort of see what would work and then they would react uh, in character. So that, that was really, really fun. It was a little oh. stressful because each time you're like, okay, what am I going to do now? I was there. Yeah, I was on set almost. Uh, I was there for every scene. There's one action scene that I wasn't there for. You had a stunt double too. Yeah, I had a little stunt double. I have a yeah, I have a little chick that's my stunt double, and so she was there for that. Right. So you want to make it count? Um, no, I, I. You know, I was here. We shot it in London. I got to be in London for a few months, working with Chris and Tessa, just with with dots all over my face. I had a blast. Yeah, well, what I love about this, this Man in Black is that it's not a reboot. It's a continuation, and it's a really sort of a new take on, on the Men in Black that we know. You know, the, 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 the cast is new. The setting is new. So that's what is exciting to me is that you, you take the world of Men in Black, and then you tell a completely different story with completely different characters in it. I mean, that's the thing. They're so talented. They're such great actors, but they're also really, really funny. It's just, um, it, it was very disappointing to me that I was not the funny one on set, that they were, that they were really, really, really funny. Um, but, but that's what was, you know, it was great because they're lovely people, but also amazing performance. And I, I was watching the performances each time and how, how it varied and the things that were consistent. I learned a lot. Oh, he was great. You know, he just sort of encouraged me to try, try different things. And the way he worked with Chris and Tessa was fascinating. He's, he's done such amazing work, so many great movies. And just seeing him sort of direct the different relationships between all the different people and just seeing inside his head how he very specifically saw certain, theme, uh, certain scenes was, uh, was very beneficial to me. Yeah, I mean, I had a great time. I spent most of my shooting in London, as did they, and I really got to sort of fall in love with the city. I'd never spent this much time here before, and now I know all my restaurants and stuff. Well, Chris and Tessa are amazing in it, um, and it's a completely new dynamic. People have seen them together uh, in the in the Marvel movies, but this is a completely new dynamic, um, and it's just... <sighs> I haven't seen the movie yet, but I have read the script, obviously, and I think, you know, I, I hope they make more because there's a lot here. Well, I was excited to play a CG character. I've never done that. You know, the whole thing with the dots on my face and the, the facial capture and all that. So I was really excited. And then they sent me the designs for Pawnee the character and I then I got even more excited so I for me that was a big part of the appeal was first of all I love Men in Black I'm a fan of those movies so you know even if it was me in it I would have done it but the fact that I get to play like a CG character that's that big was uh it was very exciting I 
I think the world of Men in Black is so fascinating and so interesting. The idea that there are actual aliens walking around among us, you know, I think it's really, really, it's just a fantastic world. Um, and the idea of doing it at a different branch, like doing it at the London branch is so smart. Um, so I think it's just a world that is so vast and so broad um, that doing that bringing it back felt feels right because there's just so much more to explore with this setup. You know, the idea that there are aliens sort of among us, and then there are all these other alien races all over, and they're all in contact, and some are good, and some are bad, and there's all this politics going on, and so so it really felt like it really just feels like a world that you can revisit and expand and go into different corners. I had a meeting with Gary about the character, and I had a lot of ideas on um, sort of, obviously based on the script, how I saw, uh, how, I, how I thought Pawnee sort of sees the world and what his world is. And Gary was actually, was very open and very trusting and was like, let's figure out a process that Let's figure out a process which which will allow us to sort of find different aspects of this character. And they basically let me improvise a lot. So almost every take, I try something different, as long as it doesn't mess up the scene or get in the way of what you know Chris and Tessa are doing. Gary's been very, very open. So the process has been very fluid and very improvisational um, and, and very loose in a good way. So he basically will give me a bunch of takes and he'll say, just do something different every time. So that's really exciting because I sort of look at the lines, which are really funny, and I do the lines, and then, I'm, and then I just sort of try and think of variations. And then sometimes I just, I don't even try and think of it and just see what happens as the cameras are rolling. So it's a very unique process. I've never actually worked like this. I've never done facial capture before, but I've never done this kind of thing where I sort of do a different, basically a different line every time. It's really fun. So Pawnee, is an alien. He's about this big. His whole life he's lived on a chessboard. He's a pawn on a chessboard, and so his job has been to serve his queen. So this is the first time in his life that he's getting to go out and actually experience the world. And he's 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 been he's pretty knowledgeable about the world because um, he was an arms dealer, so he knows about all the stuff that's out there, but he's never really seen it. So that's what's really exciting. It's this guy who really knows the world, who's really studied it, but never seen it. Now he gets to actually have those experiences. So he gets to see, you know, the crazy bike that he'd once read about and was excited about. Now he gets to ride it. So, so it's, a, it's, a really, uh, it's a really great character because he's, he's sort of cynical in the way that he really thinks he knows it all because he does know a lot. But then he also has this really childish enthusiasm for everything because he's seeing it for the first time. So he's this guy, I think, who's intellectually mature but emotionally uh, very childlike. So he's he's just sort of he's really fun to play because he's snarky, but also an innocent. 
So it's it's a really fun. You don't really get to play characters that have both those aspects. Usually, you you don't you don't get to be cynical, and enthusiastic, and that's that's what Pawnee is. So his queen is gone, so he doesn't have a purpose in life. So, so then he pledges, you know, he makes M his queen, Tessa Thompson's character. But as the movie goes, he's sort of coming into his own and becoming his own person. So that's sort of his character arc through the movie. Um, and I think that's exciting because he sort of lived his whole life to serve someone. And now he's out and about on his own and realizing who he is. It's been awesome working with them and watching them work. It's really inspiring. They're so good, and they're so different as people and as actors, too. It works really well together in this movie. The way they, they, the, their characters are so different. It's such a great contrast. So, yeah, it's been, I would say, it's been a real thrill working with Tessa and Chris. Uh, they're just so, so good. So I hope I get to do it more. We're the villains. Uh, we, the amazing, sexy aliens in the world. Oh my god, he says so. Well, believe him. You don't even think you have to work a second when you actually just feed in a good character. We were so in, so in it that sometimes I believe outside I had a superpower. <laughs> it works. It was amazing. It was amazing. To be in the front of the big screen, I have no words. It was like, I've been waiting for this month for a minute, so. Thank you. No, no, you're welcome. <laughs> so, like, so that's what it is now. All right, and Airhead here. This is our next line of interviewers. Uh, we're going to be interviewing the producers, Walter Parks and Laurie McDonald, along with the director, F. Gary Gray. Some ways, Men in Black is no different than anything else, which is it begins with a character and it continues on with the story. Um, we did feel that after the first three, that particular story had been told, and really the key to getting to this one was the character that Tessa plays, um, Molly, who becomes Agent M. Not as only is she a woman, which is <laughs> in some ways notable for a, a film called Men in Black, but she, unlike uh, Will's character or any other Men in Black agent, actually had an, uh, an encounter with an alien as a very young girl and was not neuralized, and spent the next 20 years trying to find the men in black, believing there was something out there. And it's strange that that changed the entire kind of energy of the movie in a really interesting way. Yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't feel confident about making, you know, trying to reinvent the franchise until we came up with that specific. And again, it wasn't even, it wasn't even so much about, oh, let's make it a woman this time. It was just this idea of this young girl. We had this the scene idea and how it would open and, and how it makes you enter the, the agency in a very different way and invest in her. And it, um, it's the one thing, because in, in, as most people know, the development of stories and scripts takes a while, and often there are many different versions, different stories, but that character and the idea of the, the character she would meet, who was kind of the opposite, who she had fought her whole you know, life to, to find out the truth because her parents had been neuralized, so they thought none of this happened. She was this lone, um, what looked like conspiracy theorist, but you know, a lone woman trying to, to find this organization because she knew what she saw was real. And um, 
yeah, it did. And the, the idea that, that Chris, we very quickly then come up with the idea that we would pair her with the male lead should be someone who to whom it came very easily. It was a complete accident that he became a Men in Black. So right there you have some tension already. I think the other thing that motored the development of this Men in Black was something that was built into Men in Black from the very beginning and, beginning, and we didn't really know it, which is that this is a global organization. We told the story of the New York branch and the first three, but we never assumed that was the only branch on the planet. And uh, the, the, once we made the decision, which was very much embraced by the studio, given what has happened in the movie business, it's very much a global market now, it, it, it also pre presented a whole pathway to go down that, uh, without which we'd still be writing it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a particular rapport that Chris and Tessa have and um, Chris is gifted comedically in a way you wouldn't expect, as is Tessa. But oddly enough, even the size discrepancy. I mean, it's a little bit if, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're walking in the park and you see, you know, the big Great Dane who seems to be, you know, <laughs> on the sidewalk. And then the small terrier comes and the Great Dane is totally cowed by it. Well, in a funny way, I actually think their discrepancy in size works for us. Yeah. There, 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 there's just a, look, we... We can certainly, along with, obviously, you know, Matt and Art are fantastic screenwriters, you have to build attention into the relationship, okay? It has to be on the page, but that is no guarantee. Mm -hmm. It only works if there are actors who can take that intention and actually run with it. And I actually think in the case of uh, uh, Chris and Tessa, which is often the case with, with the great actors you have a chance to work with, it starts here, and the actors take it to a place that you could never imagine. You know, it was a great, it was, even on the page, when we read the very first draft, um, our writers kind of aced Pawnee. We, we even thought, you know, he could steal the show here. He's pretty great. Um, but then, Kamel, I mean, he was in, in fact, our first choice we were lucky enough to get, because we love his work and have followed him as a comic actor even before he was in movies for years since he started um, but he brought so much to it very Pawnee had a voice of his own and a, a lot of what you'll discover mm -hmm. in him was not written <laughs> yeah there was once a an executive who worked with us uh, back when we ran the studio who had this ability to sort of be aggressive and retreat at the same time yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of what Pawnee it does, you know, he... Be he, certain and uncertain. Absolutely, <laughs> you know, the, the bravado can be undone like that. Yeah. Um, he's wonderful, and, and as Louis said, uh, <laughs> once again, an example where the, the raw material, the DNA existed very much on the page, and then you put it in the hands of a truly gifted performer, and by the way, Kamal is much more than a gifted performer. He is a tremendous writer in his own yeah. rights. Yeah. It goes to a place you never imagined. I think our cast is exemplary, and obviously Emma Thompson is incredible, and Liam, and the whole group. Um, but I think that, hopefully, I think there is a freshness, even though this is the fourth in a franchise. I do think it, it has, visually, is different, in that it takes you to a lot of different worlds. That it, And as, you know, I'm in awe at what Marvel does and the superhero universe, but it is very much its a completely CG, it's a completely computer-generated universe. Very cool, takes you amazing images. I do think that the key to Men in Black has always been the juxtaposition of the 
you know, extraordinary against the ordinary. And the fact in this one that we're not just in New York, but we travel from London to Marrakesh to Italy, that it has a, yeah, that's a, there, there is a, you know, if it's a summer movie, and I think along with being a, hopefully a very fun, enjoyable movie, it, it takes you somewhere. You've been on a, a bit of a journey when you, you come home. We do live in a, 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 a time where the marketplace is overwhelmed by extraordinary, and I love every one of them, <laughs> big CG franchises. They all sort of exist somewhere else. And there is something about Men in Black, which goes, I think, or I should say I hope, to one of the main reasons why we love movies, which is to try to imagine what it would be like to be that. I, I, I remember as a kid, Lori knows the only <laughs> books I, I read were James Bond books and the only movies I saw. But after the movie, I remember imagining what it would be like to have my Walter PPK and what it would be like to be the coolest guy in the room. In a funny way, Men in Black gives the audience an opportunity to access this miraculous world through the make-believe an actual human being could imagine. And I think that is part of what hopefully it's, you know, explains why it still seems to be relevant now, what, 21 years later. If we would have been told, what was it, 23, 24 years ago, you're going to be here 24 years later doing a fourth one, we would have never believed it. And I think that is what's special. I mean, for whatever reason, there was something about that first comic book, that cover that we saw with these agents in black suits and sunglasses and cool weapons that knew a reality in our world that the audience didn't know about that struck us as something very special. And just so the fact that there may be an audience for this this long after is a really great thing. We always imagined, even though the first three took place in New York, we always, in our heads, there were other agencies. And deciding that the first three, we'd sort of told that story and all of the cast agreed, we'd completed it. Not only did we want to recast the movie, but but take it into new locations. The inspiration for this began with the character of young Molly, played by Tessa Thompson, a young girl who has an alien sighting and spends the rest of her you know, life into her 20s trying to find the men of black. And um, yeah, the, and the international setting for us just gave us many more opportunities for action and adventure and opened it up. Casting Chris was so important. There were very few, there are very few, if there are any others right now, leading men who are as comically gifted as he is. And um, yeah, that's, that's key. It, it is interesting even from the very beginning. I remember was having the conversation, which is we, sh we need to cast actors who are really adept at comedy as opposed to quote unquote comedians. Yeah. And, Tommy Will absolutely is the case. Tessa, extraordinary comic chops. As Laurie says, Chris has a very particular comic gift, which makes it totally unfair for the rest of us that you get to look like Chris Hemsworth and be funny. <laughs> this story begins in Brooklyn, New York, with young Molly, who has this encounter with an alien that sets her on her journey to Men in Black. And it's completely crazy, but it's really cool. Adventure and stunts and action goes hand in hand with Men in Black. And um, obviously I have a little bit of a background 
and comedy and specifically action. So I was attracted to this project for that reason, to be able to fuse comedy and action. And it was really important not only to me, but to the world we decided to create for Men in Black International. We, um, we said we're going to take this to London, to Morocco, to Paris, and a few other places, and um, not only give you great characters, but give you action that um, has some comedy infused in it. And um, that was really important for the story. It's one thing to cast a really good actor. It's a whole nother thing to cast an amazing cast that has chemistry. And when you cast Chris and Tessa, their chemistry is off the charts. Chris and Tessa, has, they, they have amazing chemistry. And that's part of the reason why I paired them together. And the fact that they're both action heroes, that made it that much better for me because we could come up with any idea and we knew they could handle it because we've seen them do it before. And so their abilities, um, you know, to get out there and kind of mix it up with the best as it relates to actions there, but just their chemistry and their comic timing, everything was absolutely perfect for me. So it made it great. Men in Black International, we take you out of New York, we take you to Morocco and Marrakesh, we of course take you to London and Paris, and we spend a little time in New York, we have to, but that's one of the best things about my job, I get to travel. Marrakesh was absolutely amazing, to be able to go into the northern tip of Africa and shoot action with Chris Hemsworth and Tessa and Aliens. I mean, what, can, what more can you ask for? This is amazing. The story starts in Brooklyn, New York, with a young Molly who has an encounter with an alien. That sets her on her path to Men in Black. It's pretty crazy, especially as a kid. And she's great. I really, really enjoyed working with Tessa. She brings a lot to the table. Her comedic instincts, which, honestly, I wasn't really sure about. She has a great dramatic resume. And, you know, there was that one character she played, Valkyrie, in um, Thor, and she was really, really funny, but that's it. That's all I experienced as it relates to her in comedy. And she showed up on her table read, opened the first page, and blew us away. And I said, okay, you know what? That's my agent M. She's fantastic. Chris is so charming. He is so much fun to work with. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be a superstar. It's another thing to be a superstar who's really serious about what you do. Really, really funny on and off screen. Um, it's really, he was my first choice, and I'm glad I had a chance not only to work with him, but he brought a lot to that character. Works really, really hard. Fights and really pushes to make sure everything is right. And it's something, you know, maybe you expect from a leading man, maybe you don't, but you definitely get a lot when you work with Chris, and I loved working with him. Men in Black International, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this movie, is we took it out of New York, we went to Morocco, London, Paris. You know, one of the greatest things about my job is I get a chance to travel and study different cultures and deal with different people, and I get a chance to take the audience by the hand and take them around the world. So now you have a global movie with aliens. Insane. I loved it. Now you get a chance to experience it, and um, that's part of the main attraction 
Because that story is really cool and really fun. One of the highlights is working with Rebecca Ferguson. She plays the character Riza. You get a chance to travel to Italy right off the coast of Naples, this beautiful island with crystal blue waters. And it's an evil layer, but it's beautiful. So there's this huge just contrast between what it should look and feel like and the way it really truly is in life, in real life. And um, I had a great time, man, just traveling to Italy and um, honestly enjoying the food. One thing about Men in Black is there's this kind of retro, fresh vibe to the entire world. And what I got a chance to do is work with really talented people to come up with a new Men in Black car. So instead of going absolutely brand new, we went with a classic Jag, XJ6. And this thing is equipped with laser weapons and all types of really cool things designed by uh, one of my designers. His name is Pierre Bohanna. And we had just a blast. It's like being a kid in a candy store. It, you get a chance to just um, not only design cool gadgets, but play with them. And we did all of that. I had so much fun shooting with Emma Thompson. She came in and destroyed it. The queen. I loved it. I loved it. I loved working with her. She came in and brought so much good energy to the set. And you can't help but learn from someone who, who who's such she brings such great energy and such a veteran and she worked on um, a men in black or two I believe and she was just a joy to work with you can tell that when she walked onto a set everyone stepped their game up including Tessa when the queen walks in you gotta give her her due and, and she was amazing the XJ6, that was one of the most fun moments in not only pre-production for us, but in production because we have this action sequence where Agent M and H get into this battle with the bad guys and they grab weapons out of this car and it's designed in such a way where all these weapons are hidden within this classic Jag and it's actually really cool. The twins, there's a story behind that. I met the twins in 2012. They literally, at the time, and now as well, the best dancers in the world. And um, they were so good. There's a YouTube video um, that I saw called Rug Dealers. And they did this incredible freestyle dance that has 40, 50, 60 million views just from them dancing in this one spot with a locked-off camera. And that's how amazing they are. And I said, I believe that if I put them on the big screen, they would take off because they have, they're, they're that incredibly talented. They're six foot five French models and so talented, so passionate that I tracked them down and I said, I want to create a movie for you. And this is in 2012. And what happened is we met, we got along, I started to develop this movie. Um, obviously, I went on to um, <clears throat> do Straight Outta Compton and then Fast and Furious. And then when I read Men in Black, there was room to wedge them into this movie. And I said, you know what? I called him up. I said, <clears throat> I have a great I guess it's a set of roles. I was going to say role, but 
I have this ro- th- these roles for you as um, the antagonist in the movie, and you would be absolutely perfect. And I called them up, and they said, you know, we'll do anything for you. That would be great. And the rest is history. They are absolutely amazing. The twins are incredible. And most people know them as dancers. I know them as younger brothers. They're, they're my little brothers, even though they're six foot five apiece. And um, they're these French dancer models who have so much passion for the arts that I said, if I could put them on the big screen doing anything, let alone dancing, which they do in the movie for a second, if I can get a performance out of them, they would be they would become huge stars. And um, this was my opportunity to do it. I met them in 2012 after watching a YouTube video that they did called Rug Dealers. Then I went in and I dug in and I started to kind of research all of their dance battles and things like that. And I realized these guys are massive talents and they're massively talented. And um, I said, the big screen is next for them. And I told them one day we'll work with each other and I think it was like six, seven years later, I called them up for Men in Black, and here they are. And the next line of interviews we have, last but not least, are Chris Hemsworth as Agent H and Tessa Thompson as Agent M. I don't know if she's taken over from Michael Jackson's Agent M, maybe the daughter. I don't know. We'll see. And then we have Race. Spall. Spall as Agent H. T as in kumquat, but without the K. (laughs) Here you guys go, enjoy. We're in Bali with the uh, Men in Black, uh, I was going to say premiere, but it's more of a a red carpet fan event. Um, This is the first time I think a big studio has come and and done something in Indonesia, so it's it's very exciting to be here. um, Bali and Indonesia is pretty close to my heart. You know, I've spent a lot of time here, got married here, um, and, and 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 learned Indonesian in, in primary school and high school. I didn't retain a whole lot of it, but um, it, you know, I've spent a lot. Of, I've done a lot of surf trips here and, and, and love the place. Very excited. I, I love the original films and what Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith had set up and. This was an opportunity to, uh, to do something different again and expand on that universe I created and uh, I think we're all pretty excited. It's, it's, it's a, lot of, a huge comedic element but a lot of action and adventure and, and, and fun. So. We gave a nod to all the what, what people loved in the original films and, and, and then wanted to expand on that again and take it one step further. So I think people are going to love it. We're pretty proud of it. So. What was interesting to me was uh, I was such a fan of the original franchise. Uh, I was 14 when the first one came out. Um, and so being a true fan of it and having the opportunity to not reboot or remake it, but to expand on that universe was the biggest opportunity for me. And, and I to speak for Tesla as well. We both talked about this on the tour of the last couple of weeks. And, and to give it a more of a, a global feel, take that in New York, we shot in Italy and, and London and, and Marrakesh and, and Morocco and Sahara Desert, Paris. Um, and then also having a, a female lead at the, at the forefront of it. You know, there's always been women in the organisation of MIB. Tessa, uh, um, uh, Emma Thompson reprises her role. Um, but to have uh, you know, Tessa right you know, front and centre of this thing was, I think, what made it feel fresh and unique to us. And, and who better than her? She embodies kind of everything that's 
that's right about that, 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 that statement in itself. Just having worked together a number of times, you know, you get lucky uh, at times and, and often you have to work for it and find that chemistry and find that sort of nuance and the rhythm, but the first time we worked together on Ragnarok in, in Thor, was, we hit it off and became great friends and have sort of capitalised on that now. And I think, um, you know, for me personally, the fact that she was doing this film was a big incentive and, and, and gave it a lot of... A lot of comfort in, in jumping on and, and you, know, had, you know knowing that I had a collaborative partner in the process, so it's great. Big concern for us too was, or concern, but a, a need and a want was to to to, to utilise the chemistry we had to, to maximise the humour, but also to make sure the film was had a great amount of fun in it. And and that's why I go to the cinema. That's why I became an actor was to you know to be taken on a ride and the fun, the adventure, and the comedy. And that was what this film was about. Was was. Um, you know, a lot of improvisation and, as I said, use, using our sort of chemistry, but we had fantastic writers, we had F. Curry Gray at the centre of it, and, you know, encouraging that, so we did, we had a blast making it and I think it's a, it's a blast sort of seeing it. And so this is the reason, you know, as I said, I, I went to the cinemas as a kid, you know, the larger than life sort of elements, the sci-fi feel to it, the comedy, the fun, the adventure, um, and I think there's sort of you know, you can't rival that no matter how good your sound system at home gets, but the special effects and so forth in the big screen, on the big screen, is, is unlike any other. What was appealing about this was the, you know, the combination of, of, of comedy, of, 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 of heart, of action, um, sci-fi, but <clears throat> sort of, you know, grounded in the urban aesthetic that we've seen in the previous ones. Um, the opportunity to... to you know, the franchise that has such a big following and it's such a, you know, um, beloved series of films and characters to, to try and continue that on in some way and, and make it unique and fresh and um, try and find something different for that world. Um, from the beginning, the early, the, from the early conversations I had with producers and with Gary um, was there was an opportunity to take it out of New York and... and yeah, have it give it a more of a global feel the MIB world you know and so we are we're here in London um we, we're in Marrakesh we're in Italy so there's a um and we're in New York still um so there's a I mean yeah it has a has a, has a much bigger scope than we've seen before I was really encouraged by the enthusiasm around the the films and the you know, the built-in sort of fan base, I guess. You know, I was certainly a fan myself, but um, every time I brought up the film to people, there was just, as you say, such a, you know, such an excitement about, you know, what this next chapter could be. She definitely has her reservations about him, you know. Initially, she's excited to try and be on the mission, but very quickly kind of thinks, hang on, this is... Something doesn't add up here. This guy is not quite what he's all cracked up to be, and 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 she sees through the <clears throat> the facade or the sort of you know the bigger lie. She doesn't know why, but eventually she she figures that out. Um, but also, I think it, yeah, <laughs> his approach to things definitely bothers her. <laughs> When you put the glasses on, you have the whole suit and it all comes together. And Tessa and I, on the first day for the camera test, looked at each other and thought, wow, this, is, this is pretty cool, you know. This is, this is the iconic shots we'd seen in the previous movies and now here we are a part of it. So it's pretty special.
H has a classic E-type Jag, um, which is beautiful for all the obvious reasons, but quite unique in the sense that every part of that car was also a weapon. So we had some a, a lot of fun when we were attacked by the um, by the dyads, the the the, the, the twins. Um, we pull out you know weapons from the the hubcap and the exhaust pipe and um, the side view mirror and the door handles and the gas tank and so on. There's all different sort of weapons coming out and so there's a smorgasbord of of alien tech, <laughs> MIB tech in that scene, which was which was pretty cool. Gary has um, a great amount of enthusiasm and detail and, and um, <clears throat> an incredible visual scope for this film and what, what it could be and what it could look like. Um, you know, he, he has done such great, large, epic, entertaining films and also smaller, dramatic films. So um, it's great to have that combination. Um, he can work within a big action sequence and then immediately sort of turn around and talk about a dramatic scene and, or a comedic scene. And so he embodies, kind of ticks all the boxes for me and, and um, has been great to work with and hugely collaborative as well, um, you know, and, and has stayed true to allowing us to improvise a lot, you know, often that sort of directors say that and then you kind of do a little bit of it and then once you're up against the clock, it becomes about just getting the shot and getting what's on the page. Whereas every setup, he's like, okay, this is your take. Now, you know, let it go, try something different. And um, I think that's where we found the, the funnest moments. There's a real throwback to the classic sort of cop films that we, that I grew up on, um, but injected with a sci-fi alien element, which makes it very unique and fresh. Um, it is, you know, there's a great sense of humour to it um, and a great, you know, universal scope and we, you know, we traverse a lot of landscape in this and, and a lot of different settings, um, but a huge amount of heart too. I think it always comes back to um, the characters and, and their, you know, interconnected sort of relationships within this world and and what it means to work within MIB and, and what you have to give up and sacrifice in order to sort of know the larger truth about what's in the universe and, and that comes at a cost and um, and that is something that I think where the bond occurs because they're all, you know, there is an element of sort of loneliness or sort of living some sort of, you know, being a mystery to the, the rest of the world. Yeah, I was a huge fan. I, you know, I saw the first film when I was maybe 14 so it hit me right at the perfect age when I was just really curious about the world and I think this this these films sort of make you even more so um, and they and the films hold up and when I knew that F. Gary Gray was involved I love his work and and that Chris was involved I really jumped at the chance to re-team with him and and to be a part of this universe it was great you know it's it's he's such a giving actor and so kind and so fun and so funny and has such dexterity and to get to play a really different role and to find new spaces in our dynamic but to know that we have this sort of instant rapport was a gift I play agent M and unlike you know we've seen in the in the previous films uh, men in black goes to recruit 
someone that's promising, and in this case, she seeks out the men in black. She has an experience with aliens when she's a little girl, and her parents are neuralized, and she gets a glimpse of this organization, and it sort of changes her, her life in a way, and she spends the rest of her life looking for the organization and finally tracks them down and convinces them to let her uh, come on as a probationary officer, and when she does, she's sent to London, and hilarity ensues when she meets Chris and his character. Yeah, so obviously the film is called MIB International, and so it really has an international scope. Um, and it meant that we got to travel to such incredible locations like Marrakesh, and we were in the Sahara, and um, Ischia, and Italy, and Paris, and New York. Um, and, you know, I think it adds a real sort of uniqueness to this film that the, the previous films don't have because they're sort of squarely in the island of New York City and very contained. Uh, and our world has real, yeah, scope, as I said. Um, and additionally, it was just fun. It felt like we were on vacation. <laughs> I think he brings a real, you know, um, sort of, because of the work that he's done, he's done both action, um, you know, in Fast and Furious movies and f f comedy in the form of films like Friday. But getting to really meld those those worlds together um, and and he was so good at real scope you know um, and and action and all that stuff and then also he just gave us such freedom he really trusted you know Chris and myself so we would do a take you know we would we would always do a take for us that he would say for us and it was when we can just go completely off the rails um, and I think that's really important in, in comedy and something like this to feel like you can just be free to make a fool out of yourself and, and go all over the place and someone's going to be your cheerleader, which Gary was. We never wanted to remake the film. We wanted to really continue on in the same spirit of the original franchise. And first of all, we take the film into a global space. We've only seen the organization here in New York City. So we take it across the world to London, to Marrakesh, to Italy, to the Sahara Desert, uh, to Paris, and then back to New York. So I think it's really, yeah, global in scope, which adds a new element. Obviously, Chris and I take over the helm from some pretty big shoes, but I think that adds a real new, fresh dynamic to the piece. We have tons of new aliens and gadgets, and I think the film is fresh because it's made at this time with a more modern sensibility. And obviously, there's always been women inside of the organization. There's never been a, a female protagonist inside of one of these films. I think that's really new and original. Everyone has had the experience of meeting someone and sort of liking them right away. I think the truth is now Chris and I have worked together for a number of years. Now I know why I like him. <laughs> I know all the things that are true about him, which is he's just so kind and sweet and generous as an actor. He has a lovely family that he cares about deeply, so it's not just about the work. He, you know, All those things are really admirable about him. But I think in terms of us, we have a working dynamic in which we feel free to try anything in front of each other and also free enough to say what you just did wasn't that good. <laughs> and I think there's something about that that makes for a dynamic that is really honest and, and uh, hopefully you get some good stuff out of it. I've always loved the original films. Uh, you know, I saw them at an, at an age where they just struck me, the whole world, and how imaginative they were. And I knew that F. Gary Gray was attached and some of his work. I mean, from like the first TLC video that I saw and really, 
you know, waterfalls, which meant so much to me as a kid, F. Gary directed. Um, and I just thought it was so interesting to take a filmmaker like him and take this beloved franchise. And at that point I knew that Chris was in the conversation and he and I just enjoy working together so much. So all of the elements together, it was sort of a resounding yes for me. I think the original films are so genius and the truth is they just hold up. They still manage to feel really modern. I think they did something at the time with the genre that no other films were doing. They have such a distinct uh, tone and brand of comedy. They're so unique and yeah, they really just make you happy. They're just films that feel good and you want you know, our heroes in the films to win. I think we've had enough time since the last, you know, couple movies, and I think audiences are, are ready for more. And certainly to see this world that we, that we love, that we have all these nostalgic feelings about, um, reimagined. I'm a big fan of the films, and when we are shooting this movie, there are moments when I walk into some of these set pieces, and I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm in a man, in, I'm in a Men in Black film," you know. Uh, so there, there are moments that are really, I think, going to be satisfying to people that have lived with this franchise for a long time. But I think even bringing to a new audience that isn't familiar, to a young audience that isn't familiar with these films, uh, we bring something unique and fresh and modern and of its time now. But I think the original films really hold up. Uh, that's just how good they are, <laughs> truly. <laughs> so I think what we're trying to do is sort of, you know, bring some of that magic back. Even though this world is, you know, the world of Men in Black is something that's, you know, a, a big leap from the world that we know and understand. I think there's plenty of people that just feel like they can't find a sense of belonging and they're misunderstood by people and they're outliers that don't really have a place. I think Molly is one of those people, but she's also resourceful and smart and curious. And, uh, you know, for me, I think m my most, uh, my least favorite thing is a person that is uncurious. And, and Molly has curiosity about the world in spades and also about people and is hugely accepting. You know, I think one of the cool central themes of all these movies is this idea of accepting the other, that people that aren't, that are that are in entirely different in this film, that are different species, can, you know, cohabitate, can, can build relationships, can care for each other. To me, that's been always the metaphor inside of Men in Black movies that is really sweet. When we meet Molly as an adult, you know, she uh, she's a scientist. She's really accomplished and uh, has taken the academic route, but only really in the pursuit of Men in Black. And she tries all these organizations. She tries the CIA, the FBI. I mean, she would try the DMV if she thought that it would get her to, to MIB. Um, and, uh, and all of those things proved to be a, a dead end. And so she's found herself in a dead end job working in telemarketing, um, just to sort of make ends meet, but her she's still really actively in the pursuit of finding the organization and is able to do that by you know her her craftiness and and has sort of the the gusto to go into the organization, which to her is just like I mean, it's all that she's ever wanted, and she's able to convince uh, Agent O, who's the head of of MIB New York, to to put her on you know as a probationary agent.
actually the first time she sees him is very very funny uh there's a great bit in it where a, a, an alien coworker of mine that I've just made friends with has a habit of slowing H down and putting him literally in slow motion so she can get a good long look at him. Uh, so that's the first time that I spot H. But H is an agent whose reputation precedes him because he is very unorthodox. Um, he has saved the world or so everyone says, and he says a lot and likes to remind everyone. So he's sort of a star agent, apart from you know his dashing good looks and his jag and his cool swag, he's also pretty accomplished. And M is someone that you know is, is very ambitious, that's come there, that doesn't want to be probationary long. She wants to be a proper agent. Um, she wants to learn from the best. And she's also come into MIB via Agent O with this idea that there might be a problem in London, that there might be something just a little askew. And she's so inquisitive to sort of figure out in a, with a very investigatory spirit what it might be. And so, you know, very quickly she wants to figure out how she can get on a case and Agent H happens to be a, an agent that she knows has a case going. So she marches right up to his desk and just says, put me on it. And while he's very resistant to begin with, he eventually decides in that conversation that he'll take her along for the ride. And then we just can't seem to get rid of each other. <laughs> Basically for the rest of the film. <laughs> Molly, who happens to be a woman, is the one that is sort of really rational um, and is leads with her heart. And then Agent H, it leads with his, you know, leads with his his heart and his emotions. And he's less rational. And I think there it it makes for some cool interplay between them. Um, and they have some really different fundamental ideas about what's important in the world. And I think in the course of the movie, they both you know, kind of bring each other over to their side, respectively, which is cool. He's bringing so much. I think he, you know, he really wants to create a character that feels iconic, but is really specific. He's someone that, you know, works day in and day out to 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 really make sure that that the that the script really feels, you know, he just, he, he puts so much of his heart into it. He's never someone to show up. He just, he works so tirelessly at, at, at making sure that, that the character feels well-rounded and that it's lived in. And then, you know, he's so gifted at comedy. He has such dexterity. He's so fun to play with. He doesn't miss a beat in terms of improving. Um, he's wildly generous. It's so fun to just, you know, bounce around ideas and, he always comes in if it's not, you know, if the camera isn't even on him saying, what do you need and how are you feeling? And he's, you know, incredibly collaborative and yeah, he's a dream. He's just a dream to work with. And he's, you know, he's really open. He, 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 he takes direction. He's really fun. We have long days, but he keeps the energy up. He's kind to his crew. I can't say enough. He's just a joy to work with. Yeah, she has a, an experience with an extraterrestrial, I suppose, when she's a, a young child. And um, it's an experience that sort of opens her up to this idea that the world is uh, maybe not exactly what it seems, uh, that they live among us. And, and she gets a, a glimpse of this organization, these 
two men in black appear at her home, and she sort of spends the rest of her life seeking out that organization because now that she has this information that nobody else has, her parents were neuralized, they don't remember, it's really isolating. And so in some ways, the only place where she could be at home is, is inside of an organization that also has the same information about, about the universe that she now does. At this point in the film, he, he's, he's quite accomplished in his universe saving and so on, and so he has extra unhealthy dose of sort of ego and, you know, his sort of position and all this and kind of works alone, doesn't need a partner and so on. Meets her and he's like, oh, yeah, cool, get it, you know, hello, just think you're a young rookie, yep, no worries. And, and uh, she ends up accompanying him on the mission, which he's sort of like, oh, what the hell, why not? And I, I think really kind of enjoys her company, thinks she's fun and so on. And then they, they're sort of vastly different approaches to the work and their values and what they're doing and so on become apparent and they, there's some healthy tension there and they start sort of button heads. And, but, you know, there, there really is what I loved about it, a big learning curve for the two of them, I think. You know, there's a, the, for, for my character, Mary, quite a sort of moment of self-discovery and, and she sort of says, look a little deeper because I think you're missing or avoiding something, some bigger truth. And um, so they really kind of complement each other in that way and, and, and yeah, My favorite thing, one of my favorite things about Chris is you'll get into an improvisation and he likes to push it to the point where we then worry we'll never be hired again. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he often kind of reins me in, you know, and, and, and I think part of uh, creation is destruction <laughs> at times. So yeah, that's of, true, actually. You need to wreck some stuff. And, um, no, that is kind of I did sort of my process, I think. I do want to kind of really just go all over and then kind of feel okay they are that's probably the boundaries and so on um pretty unfair sometimes for tessa if she's like what the hell are you doing chris it was only um, unfair the, the <laughs> very first day that i worked on thor i was like this is confusing this is i don't confusing. can i talk now are you you're just gonna keep talking tonight is it is it my turn i have some, i had but, a line <laughs> that was great though because we had that because we'd done it so many times before we were able to just kind of pick up on on, yeah. on on that same energy and and you know there's a sort of mad chaos to it which is which was a lot of fun yeah there's a lot of trust i think we can look at each other and go do i suck and then the person can say yes, yes. <laughs> or occasionally no that was good yeah. i am a really big I'm a huge fan of hers, so I was very nervous her first day, and I uh, had a, like a 40-minute commute to get to work, and I was sort of stealing myself for the journey and then fell asleep. And I arrived, literally arrived, and, and had a bit of, you know, sometimes we drool as humans, and I sort of wiped my mouth and opened the door, and there was Emma Thompson stood waiting for me. So I mm -hmm. didn't even have a second to prepare myself to impress her, and she was so lovely, and we just had such a great time together. It felt like a working holiday. It did. It was part of the appeal or, or one of the strengths in making this different, not feel like we were mimicking what had been done before, it, it, just to aesthetically give it a different a tone and feel just by going to different countries yeah. London and Italy and, and, and Morocco and Paris and New York informs a sort of different attitude within the characters too you know you do react within your environment and to the environment and and certainly you know when we're when we've come from London in the back lot of the studio all of a sudden we're in Italy on the coastline <clears throat> there's a whole different energy you yeah know? and um 
And I love that. And, and it's just one of the sort of, you know, wonderful things about being an actor is, <laughs> is being able to sort of globe trot around the place and have someone else pay for it. <laughs> True. I did so much shopping in Morocco. Every time they would call cut, I would like run. Because we were shot, we were essentially shooting where you shop in the mm. Medina. So I got a lot of things. How'd you get that back into the country? You know, you had a little form that you fill out and you're like, <clears throat> do you have any wood or leather or da 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 da? Yeah, they shipped it for like, me. No, 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 no. They shipped it for me. Did you that? went shopping too. You remember? I don't know. I got arrested at the border <laughs> security. <for laughs> that, wasn't for sh- that wasn't for shopping. That wasn't for that, no. <laughs> We have very, very big shoes to fill. Uh, it's a franchise that people hold very uh, close to their heart. Everyone loves Men in Black. So you had to think of a way to um, uh, make it engaging to audiences that love the movie and audiences that might be new to it. Um, and I think integral to that is, is the great new cast that you've got Chris Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson leading the way. I was very lucky to be a part of it. We've got Liam Neeson, Emma Thompson. You've got old and new. Um, they're not old, but you know, established and new. Uh, you've got F. Gary Gray at the helm, one of our finest filmmakers. Um, the writers have done a great job in, in, in making it fresh and relevant. There's some great characters, some great villains, some wonderful performances, and as I say, a really established, fantastic cast of people who all, all cared about making this the best possible movie. All right, we hope you enjoyed the interviews for Men in Black International. Um, We definitely cannot wait to see this film, and hopefully you guys will enjoy it as well and uh, kind of look past the fact that Will Smith and, um, wow, Tommy Lee Jones are not in it. Just go in it with open-minded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and it's not like like what everybody's, it's not a reboot. It's a continuation of the franchise. Just in a different area, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, uh, I'd say at least give it a shot because Chris is going to be probably pretty damn. He's hilarious. a fantastic actor, and he's funny as, as fuck. We know, we all know this. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And Tessa's great too. So. So what do we got next week? Do you remember what we have next week? Is it Spider Man? It might be Spider Man. July second. Could be right. I think it might be. I think it might be Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Hooter. Spagooter. Spagooter man. Spagooter man. We will see. We will see right now. We have uh, we have our choice of two, um, or we could cover both if you want. Um, Toy Story 4 comes out next Definitely week. Definitely want to cover that. And uh, the Child's Play remake comes Ooh, out next yeah. week. Ooh, yeah. We can yep, do cover both. both. We'll just cover both then. Sounds okay. good. So we will see you guys next time for Toy Story 2. Hopefully it's better. Four. Wow. Toy Story 2. We're going to do a rewind. We're going to rewatch Toy Story 2. <laughs> Mystery Science Theater 3000, that shit. I'd rather do that for three, a.k.a. Schindler's Toy Box. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Liam Neeson in that, too. <laughs> oh, God. They've been taken. Oh, man. They've been taken. I have a set of skills. Agent H. It's not. It's not really so, a set. So it's just one out, big we, skill. We find out that Liam Neeson is Forky from Toy Story Four. <laughs> just, just, just hear Liam Neeson say, "You can't take my Woody." <laughs> <laughs> what I do have is a set of skills. I know how to play with toys. It's really only one skill. It's just my giant cock. <laughs> I swing it around and things happen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it'll be Toy Story Four. 
Yes, yes, and Child's Play. And Child's Play. Which, which um, I'm very intrigued to see what they're going to do with this. Cause, mm, no, those um, set photos look really, really grotesque. <laughs> the way he looks. I think it's going to... I don't know. The, it's a modern take. Yeah, the only, th- the only thing that's fucking with me is no soul in the body. It's like it's like fucked up AI. Do we that's, know that? I, that's what everybody on what everybody is saying online. What if the trailer is... Because I mean, I know the trailer shows it's a cyborg kind of. Yeah, and that's what it is. It's it's not. It's a it's a malfunction in the AI. We'll see. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. That, 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 it could they're turn not out doing really the well. whole soul of a killer into the doll. Well, I mean, they have the other one coming out. I think that's why they have Charles. They have a movie called Charles coming out. Oh, so, so Charles Lee Ray. Oh, okay. They're going off in the whole small soldiers. You know, I, I, maybe, Eve of Organite Scum, right. Holt, who goes there. All we'll right. see, and you guys right. just have to wait and hold so, out. So we'll talk about Chucky fighting oh, yeah. the Organites. In, uh, <laughs> and we'll talk about Toy Story 2 Rewind. Toy Story 2. Toy Story 2 Rewind. rewind Next time in. on pregame, game, game, game. I'm Shane. I'm Screwhead. And I'm Airhead. And I love getting head. See you guys later. <laughs>